Hey, Action Alerts Plus members, happy 2023. Hope you had a restful uh, set of year-end 2022 holidays, but time marches on and we have 250 trading days ahead of us in 2023. I can't think of a better way to share our thoughts with you. That's right, Chris Versace here, co-portfolio manager with my partner in crime, Bob Lang. Bob, happy new year. Happy New Year to you, Chris. It was a great New Year as we uh, actually had pretty decent weather. It's starting to rain again here in New England. But fortunately for me, Chris, no hangover on Sunday morning. Now, why, why pray tell, is that, Bob? Did you rage hard the day before and you were under the weather, under the weather for New Year's Eve? Did you did you tuck in? Did you not see uh, all the faux drinking on CNN at midnight on New Year's Eve? <laughs> drinking that was funny i know that no i listen i was uh it was interestingly enough i was watching college football and it was some really great bowl games on uh saturday night and interestingly enough the one game the the second game which is the um the georgia ohio state game finished uh literally at 11 59 and 58 seconds chris that the missed field goal to win the game by ohio state so if you're a buckeye fan you're sad but uh, yeah, literally two seconds before midnight. So I was watching that, and then I rolled over and went to sleep. So I did stay up till midnight, but didn't uh, so, didn't party it up this to, year. To be clear, you did not consume any adult beverages while watching that game. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, okay. You said no hangover. I just wanted to be sure. I actually had a super quiet. Um, New Year's Eve. As you know, when I was on vacation, I fractured my foot. So I was kind of taking it easy. And I was recovering a little bit from the night before uh, on the 30th when we did with about a group of like 17 people, the Hot Ones Challenge. And I'm happy to say, Bob, that I emerged victorious. Yes, that's a uh, that's a win for the Action Learners Plus subscribers. That's, that's right. A win. That's right. They know that I can survive spicy food. Fantastic. <laughs> But, here, but here's the but but here's the thing, Bob. As we start off the new trading year again, day one, we've got 12 months ahead of us. We got four quarters. We've got all sorts of you know earnings to deal with, economic data across 249 remaining trading days. Um, the market is not exactly starting off on a positive note. Are you surprised by this? I'm gonna hate to do this to you, Chris. It's hot and spicy. <laughs> Okay. No, I, I know I, you did, I asked for that. I asked for that. But 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 to the point, are are you surprised that the market is starting off in the red? And I say this because early today I was on with JD Durkin for the Streets Market Open program and he asked me this question. And I said, well, you know, it's interesting, JD. Psychologically, we start the new year, you know, things are fresh, right? The market returns are rolled all the way back to 0.0%, but from a reality perspective, how much has changed in the last four days? Oh, nothing, and and frankly, you know, it's the same old, same old action. The last couple of weeks of uh, of twenty twenty two, you know, portrayed a lot of uh, people trying to do less harm, but frankly, you know, volatility has really kicked up, and we've seen markets moving up and down a lot. We saw the huge moves in the markets on Tuesday, Wednesday last week, Chris, right after Christmas, and then. Um, they tried to rally back on Thursday and drop down on Friday, and now you've got today. So <clears throat> tomorrow being the last day of the Santa Claus rally time frame. What's, I'm sorry, what Santa Claus rally? Yeah, well, you know, so here's the thing, is that people mistakenly look at that last five trading days of the year and the first two of the new year as it's got to be bullish because it says, it says Santa Claus rally. 
And simply put, when Yale Hirsch created this uh, uh, indicator years ago, that's exactly what he created. It's an indicator. It's not anything that you can um, bet your money on or, 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 or bet on the, the market happening all the time. It's just common that the, you see the markets go up during this time frame. It doesn't happen every time. There's no guarantee that there's going to be a rally in the markets during this seven-day time frame. So if you throw in the last five day, trading days of the year and including today, I think, Chris, we're probably slightly down. I think we were up 75 bips um, just under. So now we're now we're negative. So now tomorrow we're going to see what, what happens. But I have another indicator for you after that to show you that's even more important than this one. Okay, well, before you get to that and before we you know, talk a little more about what lies ahead, I know you watch the month close on the S&P 500 like yeah. a hawk. Yes, so is. so as we you know continue to distance ourselves from 2022, what did you see by looking at that benchmark closing out the year? I see that the bear market continues and I don't see anything that's going to change that until uh, the Fed eases up on rate hikes and starts um, looking towards uh, rate cuts and bringing interest rates back down towards a normal level. And we're going to call okay, the normal okay, level. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. So, so you said eases up, and I, and I just want to parse the language very carefully here. Are you saying that if the Fed does move to smaller bite sizes, is that easing up? Or are you saying easing up as stops hiking rates and begins the cutting cycle that will eventually come around? Well, before that cutting, well, yes, that's that's right. And it, it's easing up doesn't necessarily mean, OK, we get 25 bips at the uh, beginning of February and another 25 in March. That's not easing up. That's tighter money policy. Right. I you know, understand. It, I just, you know, again, you, you know, <clears throat> I always try when we have these conversations to think about the audience in mind and how they may or may not read into something that you said I said. So I, I'm trying to be painfully clear on this. Because yeah. as you know, as I know, the expectations are, according to the CME Fed Watch tool, we've got about 50 basis points to go between two Fed meetings, 25 basis points each. So the Fed, if I memory serves, the fund, the Fed funds rate will be 475 to 500 bips by the end of March. That's correct. That's right. 25 next meeting, 25 the meeting after that. And then the anticipation by the rest of the market is that, okay, they're gonna be on hold after that. Well, how do we know that? What, how do we know what uh, what CPI is gonna be next week <laughs> or in February? So, how do we so, know what the jobs report is? If the jobs report, Chris, is strong on Friday, right? I mean, you, you can anticipate the Fed is going to be even more aggressive um, with, with rate so, hikes. So, so with that, and I, I'm gonna pose the question again that I got asked by J.D. Durkin uh, this morning, what do you think is more important in the upcoming December employment report? The number of jobs created, right? Or the wage gain information? I think for the Fed, it's uh, wage gains. That's what I however, said. however, you know what? I mean, they're, they're really looking for um, job creation to slow down. I think they would like to see a more of a uh, uh, less of a uh, less of a uh, roll down on the jobs created, but a much faster drop down in in wages. And I, frankly, I don't see it happening, Chris, because you know the the labor market is still very very tight, and uh, employees or prospective employees are, are requiring more more pay. And then we throw in there a lot of the states around the country, even um, when when January first came around, 
enacting uh, these minimum wage uh, uh, laws and, and rules. So, oh, you saw my tweet on you saw my tweet on that. Didn't I you? saw what you said. I saw I, I saw it, Chris. So, I mean, those things are going to put pressure on 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 uh, on wages across the board. And of course, there's a, a bit of a lag effect when it comes to the to the reports. But still, the Fed is in tune with with what the trends are. Yeah. So it, it's just kind of interesting to me, right? So <clears throat> some states, I, I think it's 26, 27 states are increasing their minimum wage. Um, you know, some like Maine are going from 1275 to 1380. That's clearly, you know, a big jump. Others have, you know, four or 5% increases, but it's, it's going to make the Fed's job a lot harder. And, and I also think, though, too, that there tends to be this psychological step function that if minimum wage is going higher, well, if I'm earning more than minimum wage, I probably have room to ask for more, right? And that brings me to a, the ADP report. So a lot of people tend to focus just on the amount of jobs that it talks about being created in the private sector. But they also have this section for called pay insights. And you and I talked about this last time. But in November, this was fascinating to me. The November data so showed the medium change in annual pay Job stayers was plus 7.6%, job changers plus 15.1%. So I'm going to be sizing that up with when we get the December data in a few days. Uh, to me, if it continues to be that hot in the private sector, it's a leading indicator that says that wage gains figure in the December employment report could be a little hotter than expected. Could be a little bit hotter. And then also, uh, we're still looking for wage uh, not just wage, but job gains, Chris, of over two hundred thousand on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and that you know is it down from last month? Yeah, but you know, still, um, you know, the economy is still rolling on. I, I did see, uh, Chris, I did see the uh, GDP now um, change. <laughs> into, of course, you know, you know, three point five. What is it now? Three point nine now, Chris. Oh my God. Four. Now, of course, that that's going to change a lot if, if the jobs number is really weak. That number is going to come down quite significantly. I, th I think that that has well, to move quite a bit with the jobs report. So this, yeah, uh, I mean the next the next couple of days we've got you know a uh, a full plate, right? So we got the ISM manufacturing, got ISM services both for December, November jolts. We've got the employment report that we've been talking about, and I think one or two other items, all of which will get factored into that Atlanta Fed number. Um, so it's it's going to be curious. Um, Hey, let me ask you this question again. This is another. This is another borrow from JD Durkin. Um, do you have a favorite regional Fed? Um, huh. Yeah, regional Fed. Well, uh, on the on the board, I like uh, um, I like Lael Brainerd. She's on the board of governors. No, 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 no. Not the, not the person. Just no, the bank itself. Oh, the bank. Well, I, I live in Boston. It's the Bank of Boston. You know, Lisa. Uh, would have Lisa thought. I would have I thought you said the Cleveland Fed because I know you like that inflation data. Oh yeah, the, uh, the Loretta Mester. She's a uh, you know, but they, but they get it wrong. They've been getting it wrong for the last three months. So you know what I mean. As far as reliability is concerned, um, you can't really um, uh, look at them as 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 being giving good information. I mean, look. I mean, they they were looking for such a hot number back in November. Remember on November tenth when the number was released, and it was a lot weaker than expected. And the S and P five hundred ran up. Six percent that day, so which um, that by the way, um, as it comes to the S P five hundred, Chris, that there's a gap that is still open from that day, from November tenth. It's at thirty seven forty eight on the S P five hundred. 
we're now at 3790 something. We 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 got down last week, Chris, on Tuesday to something like 3770. Didn't quite get to that gap fill. So that's so the that, next target. So, so what, what what does that mean for the for for listeners, Bob? We hit 3748. What what's the next likely action? Do we go lower? Do we bounce off that? Well, does it depend? It 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 depends on on certain things. Are we are we uh, if we hit that level, are we severely oversold and due for a bounce? We could plunge and then bounce right back up and and get some get some bargain hunters to come in there. I, I don't think very many people, Chris, are going to want to make a huge commitment to go long this market in front of earnings season because uh, they're worried about you know uh, warnings coming out and you know company you know companies coming out and saying saying something. I mean, maybe maybe Microsoft uh, still has issues with the strong dollar. That's, that's been certainly something that's been a headwind for them with their earnings for the past couple of quarters. Even though the dollar has come down a little bit, I, 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 wow, I could certainly see that that they um, they're going to repeat with that uh, with that line. Yeah, I mean, look, la last I looked, the dollar was down right directionally, but still up on a year over year basis. So, you know, it, it certainly could remain a challenge. I think Salesforce was talking about that uh, when they reported. But more recently, you had Micron report right before the Christmas holiday. You know, not very positive comments for its the majority of its end markets. You know, negative on PCs, negative on smartphones. Um, doesn't see inventory normalizing until mid uh, 2023. Cutting their capital spending. You know, we we shared our thoughts with members as to why that kind of pushes back our timetable for applied materials in the bullpen. But, you know, over the Christmas holidays, you and I were trading messages, AMD, Intel, NVIDIA, supposedly cutting orders over at uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, DigiTimes and Nikkei Asia reporting issues for Apple. You know, we're not we're not out of the woods yet. And I, I think if we look at all this you know, economic data from the fourth quarter, what it's saying about the vector, the velocity of the economy, uh, not just in the US, but the Eurozone, China, Taiwan, um, it's not positive. And I, I do think that there's more downside risk for economic expectations, earnings expectations. And, and as you know, this is why we continue to keep the protection on the portfolio we have in the various forms and why we're taking a very cautious and prudent path with the portfolio. And in fact, last week when we did a little bit of, you know, uh, a little bit of buying, we were rounding out some positions, but we not only added to one of our digital identity positions, but we also added to those that are a little more defensive in nature, nice dividend paying companies. And I, I don't think it's a shock to remind members that that was Verizon, but you know, for others that are out there, you know, you really got to subscribe to the portfolio to see all the blow by blow moves that we're making. Yeah, you know, look at Verizon's up about 1% today, Chris, on uh, on some pretty good turnover, first day, uh, first trading day of 2023. So. You know, <clears throat> you know that. You know, obviously, you know we stepped in that one a little bit, a little bit early, but still we've been gradually adding to the position, picking up more shares when the stock has dipped. And and you, you know, I'm going to repeat what you said a couple of different times. You know, it back in I want to say 2008 or nine, it hit a level where it had a yield of about seven percent on the dividend, and that was pretty much a good bottom for the stock at the time. So people were were snapping the snapping the shares up. Um, at that time. So we got close to that 7%, Chris, and now, um, yeah. you know, people are buying the stock again. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's I, I can't tell you if it's a dog of the Dow or anything like that, but you know, clearly it was beaten up. There's a lot of I think I suspect at the end of the year tax loss selling. So for some folks that are looking for more defensive and elastic business models, you know, a cautious stance in their positioning, that's certainly a great one. There are other ones out there that we have in the portfolio as well. Yep, I agree. And then uh, we're looking at towards. Uh, some of those other names that we added last week, Chris, you know, I mean, we uh, again, you, you, we added that's clear secure. We had a little bit of charge point. You know, I, I, I you know, we, you know, we charge point certainly been beaten up for the past, um, you know, couple of months. It, it did make a big run uh, from single digits up towards 20 bucks in a really short period of time uh, earlier this year, especially. And it was what's interesting, Chris, is about this, this stock. It was going against the market for a large, long period of time. For about two weeks, the markets were getting drilled and this stock just kept going up. So, so I, I, I like that um, diversification, um, less, uh, it's a higher beta name, but it's uh, uh, more diversified and allows us to not correlate with the markets on everything, every single stock we have. Look, we have the Apple, we have, we have Google, Amazon, Microsoft. These things correlate with the market. I, want st I, I like to have stocks in the portfolio that don't necessarily move with the market, but move on their own. So you know what's interesting about the charge point shares is they came under you know pressure really after they peaked in mid-September. And we saw almost all through the balance of the year from that point, all the EV stocks roll over. And e even though, right, we continued to see rising deliveries for various EV companies. Um, you know, Tesla's were up, I think, 40% year over year in 2022, and the monthly data continues to point to more of that. And so I, well, what, I'm, what I'm wondering here, and I'm trying not to read too much into this, right? But the biggest declines in ChargePoint came as people were concerned over Elon Musk and what his role was at Tesla. Is he so busy being consumed? by Twitter that he's taking his eye off the ball on Tesla. And there are a lot of negative worrisome headlines around that. And, you know, again, I don't want to read too much into that, but it, it is interesting how some narratives can shape stocks, even though the underlying data, the pain point, if you will, continues to be positive for the longer term story. That's right. That's right. And and I, I think, you know, when you look at other car companies who have an initiative with uh, electronic vehicles, you know, namely, Ford, which is the name that we have in the portfolio, General Motors, Toyota, um, Honda, BMW, all these companies out there um, are, are front and center putting out vehicles that um, that people are going to are going to are going to buy. And, and again, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about the EV credits that people are going to get um, about um, if they buy if they buy an electronic vehicle. So th those things are just getting started in 2023. And I think you know, when you see a lot more of these uh, electronic vehicles out on the road, you know, it's going to just going to feed right into what ChargePoint does. And they're going to see they're going to have a need for them. I, and I, I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised sometime down the road, Chris, I'm not making predictions here, but, you know, one of these companies is going to need a uh, need, need to make a purchase. And maybe it's ChargePoint. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's one of these oil companies, energy companies to diversify themselves in a business that is growing. Interesting, interesting question, right? So, you know, we have companies that are well steeped in the, uh, I don't even know if this is a term, but the gas station market, um, perhaps they might want to make some inroads as, you know, the transition between uh, combustion engine and EVs, you know, grows. It's certainly possible, certainly possible. So, 
So, I, I, so Chris, I was going to ask you something about um, uh, about the about the markets over here, and um, you know, I shy away from predict predictions. I, I don't I'm not really big on that, but since we are in the first day of the year, Chris, what, right. what's your um, what's what, what what's your prediction for for returns in say twenty twenty three? Obviously, a lot of things are is dynamic. A lot of things can change, but you know, if we if we were static right now, seeing where things are with interest rates where they're at, earnings expectations where they're at, and they're starting to come down, um, alternatives to um, to uh, equity returns, uh, equity risk. Um, do you see a single digit returns in 2023, or do you see us coming down again um, next year? I'm gonna give you a different band. Uh, you may not like this, but it's, uh, it's the best I can do because we have a lot of things ahead of us that can kind of shape the outcome for the year. Um, including whether or not we go into a recession, and if we do, how deep and how pronounced it is. Um, so I'm going to say uh, I think we're going to have a challenging time through the first three, four months of the year, then we'll have to reassess. Um, but if I was to guess, guess for 2023 as a whole, I'm going to say we're going to be somewhere between down 5% and up 5%. That's my guess. Well, we're, we're on the same page. And I think you just stole it from me, didn't you? <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at that, as you well know. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm on the, I'm, I'm in the same camp, and and certainly, I, I that would be where we are at at the end of the year. But right. it's, it's, it's where the, you know, so those are kind of your boundaries. But I think during the, uh, for the, for the final, for the final call on, on December 30, 31st, uh, 2023, but. I think in between, Chris, I think there's going to be a lot of action. There's going to be a lot of no, opportunity to make money, you know, between here and here and there. We could trade all the way down to 3,200. We could trade up to 4,300. I, I mean, really, I think the the parameters of the of the playing field are much wider than than the bands that you're talking about at the end of the year, don't you? I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, the the as we try to examine, you know, the upside, the downside. We've chatted a little bit about this before, but it bears repeating as we start the year off. You know, a lot of it's going to hinge on the the direction and move in consensus S and P 500 earnings for the first half of the year. For the full year, obviously, but the first half of the year probably has more downside risk um, based on the data that we've seen. Although I will say, you've known me a long time, and you know how I feel about this. Typically, at the start of the year, expectations for the S&P 500 earnings on a quarterly basis are overly robust for the back half of the year. So we will see those come down as well based on the data that we're seeing. Um, but again, there's that number, Bob, between 17, 17 and a half times, 2005, 2006, Fed fund rate, four through four and three quarters, 500 bips. Um, you know, based on where the mat, where, where the earnings go, that'll help tell us where we're likely to bottom out. So, I, I, I've been, I get this question a lot, Chris. Is you know, I, I don't quite understand. And I wrote an article; it's going to be out next week about volatility in the VIX and why, why hasn't the VIX been moving very much when we've had big moves in the markets? Like today, I think the the VIX is up close to, you know, five percent, which is good solid move on volatility today with the as market as, 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 we're, as we're talking it's more like eight and a half oh is it at eight and a half now okay eight and a half percent the markets are down more than one percent today <clears throat> and which is a good solid move down um but you, you don't see a lot of people flocking for uh to buy protection and 
even last week when the when the markets were were getting drilled on Tuesday and Wednesday, we saw negligible moves in volatility. And even when we rallied back on Thursday, we didn't go down that much in volatility. Usually, you know, the vol the VIX goes down, markets go up, right? So um, I, I think it's interesting to note here that there's not a lot of people buying protection. And if you're if people are selling stocks outright, they're finding alternatives for that money. What is the alternative? I, I see a two-year yield, Chris, paying a treasury yield, paying 4.2 to 4.4, risk-free. Why do I need to take risk in, in buying equities when I can get a 4% return on my money and not and not have to worry about um, volatility and markets going up and down and you know losing three to four percent a day? I can earn you know in, in a week or whatever. I can earn four percent on my money risk-free. And that um, that that's really seems to be where we're at right now. So until rates come down, well, I think not changing much. I, I think you're right on that. I think with the uncertainty level, people are not willing to take a bet. You know, because again, you know. It, I, I know I keep coming back to this, but you know, when we start the December quarter earnings season, it's the first real hard look at 2023 expectations. And just look at the data that we got earlier today, right? The PMI data from S&P Global across the world, not exactly robust. In fact, it was 100% the opposite, all in contraction territory with very weak new order data. It tells you there's more downside risk. Um, you know, certainly understandable that people want to stay on the sidelines. We've done that. I think, you know, uh, really in the back half of the year with technology, um, it's it's been a smart place to be as we lighten up the portfolio's positions in chip stocks, right? A lot of downside risk there, a lot of uh, other downside risk in some other names, whether it's, you know, meta platforms or, or some of the others. By the way, on that on that note, did you see that even now Shopify is entering the advertising business model? I saw that. I was, uh, I'm not surprised, but... Uh... A little bit late to the party, don't you think? Well, they, they are, but but what I what I what kills me is how many folks in the last twelve to eighteen months have decided to enter that market, right? Disney, Netflix, Uber, you know, uh, we we can add Shopify to that now. Apple, right? And there there's just more and more in there. I, I just think it's going to be a far more competitive environment, even though digital advertising is going to continue to win versus more traditional forms of advertising. It's going to be a tougher fight. Um, you know, and, and I, I would suspect that, um, you know, Meta could have a tough time. I think Pinterest could have a tough time. I think Snap could have a tough time. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave Google out of that mix just because of their core businesses and search and, and, and YouTube, of course. Well, well, look at, look at what Google did last week. Um, they, uh, they cut a deal to do uh, Sunday night football. So they're going to get the traditional ad uh, payments like Amazon has done with, because they took, they took Thursday night football and apparently huge success for them. And uh, Google uh, went ahead and paid up big time money to the NFL for, uh, for that Sunday broadcast. So, you know, it's going to be off of uh, YouTube. So, you know, here you got two, you know, uh, ginormous companies in, in technology I've already got a huge footprint already in um, in in the NFL and sports. Obviously, Apple with baseball is huge uh, move for them last year. So um, making up, they're making inroads in in this in this in the old traditional areas as well, uh, along with keeping the digital um, digital ad footprint alive. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what the ramifications are on more traditional media like CBS, NBC, or even ESPN and ABC over at Disney. 
Yeah, they're losing. I think they're losing out right now. I think they're <clears throat> losing out to some of these bigger companies that um, are going to pony up some big dollars. And uh, you know, I think their ad revenue. I think when somebody comes out and says, you know what, make a bid and buy Paramount. Why would you want to do that? What 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 do they have? I mean, you know, we were just talking before the call went on uh, about you know, I'm watching Jack Ryan. Well, that's on um, that's on Amazon Prime, right? I'm not I'm not I'm not watching. Uh, so much, uh, I mean, the terrestrial channels anymore. I'm not watching CBS, ABC, NBC, maybe for for sports or football, but if those things are going to these other competitors, I may not be watching, um, you know, normal, normal, regular TV at all, if, uh, if, if very little, if at all. All I can say to that, Bob, is welcome to the club. Welcome to the club, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you cut the cord many years ago, didn't you? Yes, I did. Okay, <clears throat> two two last things. Um, we've got some Fed heads making the rounds later this week. Yeah. Any? Uh, you think they're going to stick with the playbook? I think so. I don't think they're going to um, deviate from anything that we've we've seen so far. We don't have a meeting coming up for about another month, <clears throat> beginning of February. Don't forget, we we have uh, new new Fed officials moving into the voting chair uh, this time around. We have four new uh, four new voting members coming in this. I forget who they are, but it could be, um, um, I think, Patrick Harker, and we have um, Lisa Cook from Boston and two other new ones. Um, so uh, getting into the voting chairs, but I, and they all have, you know, pretty much about the same influence on the rest of the committee. And, uh, of course, Jay Powell does as well, too. I think he's speaking next week, Chris, so we might hear from him um, in a speech. So, uh, but yeah, so it's going to be, um, I, I think I'm pretty much going to, you know, toe the company line about, you know, we're, we're going to, we're vigilant. We're watching uh, very closely inflation numbers. And uh, next week's uh, CPI number will be the biggest number we've seen since last month. <laughs> <laughs> By that, you mean most attention, not necessarily the largest absolute number. Okay. <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, um, I'll answer this question after you. Give me the one stock you're watching this week that you you have your eyes on. Yeah, I'm watching Apple, Chris, because Apple um, uh, came out and uh, maybe possibly uh, could could be warning about their quarter this week. I'm not I'm not making any predictions, but if you go back to 2019, they came out. Um, the, the stock was uh, acting miserably in December of that of the prior year, and came out three days later and warned about their quarter. They 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 tanked and they bounced right back up again. But I'm watching Apple see if they have something to say about their iPhone. Um, uh, orders and uh, and so forth. Um, I'm not, I wasn't hearing very many anecdotally. I wasn't hearing about many people who were buying a lot of Apple products this holiday season as um, as the last few years um, around. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah. How about you? What are you looking um, at? For me, well, you know, we've got the Jolts report coming up, and I am closely eyeing uh, AMN Healthcare, which has retreated from like 120 uh, down to like the 103 level last week. It's a little higher today, so we'll have to watch it carefully and see what the report has to say. I expect it to be very positive uh, for our thesis on that in terms of the nursing shortage. Um, the other thing I'll quickly mention that we didn't touch on uh, that kicks off later this week is going to be CES 2023. I, I touched on it in the roundup for AAP members last weekend and again some comments earlier today. Uh, all I'll say is this, typically it's a lot of rah, rah, rah about new technology, new products hitting shows later in the year. Don't think that's going to be the case this year. Is that in, uh, it's still in Las Vegas, Chris? Correct. Or yeah. as you like to say, Bob, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. 
lost wages. That's what that's that's what you know. That's actually what we used to call it back in the day. But uh, um, so it should be. Uh, that was so that would be one of the biggest. Hang on, lost wages, whole paycheck. You 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 have any others? You're usually pretty good at this. No, that well, I mean, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Costco with uh, can't 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 get out of there without spending a hundred bucks. Now it's like three hundred <laughs> these days. But um, but as long as that dollar fifty hot dogs is around. I was there last week, and that dollar fifty hot dog plus soda comes to one sixty four with tax. Just so you know, it's uh, it's just as delicious as a five dollar hot dog, isn't it? You know, it is one of the better hot dogs I've ever had. Not that I'm a connoisseur by any stretch of the imagination of the old of the old as as I'm sure you've heard them referred to as tube steak. Anyway, anyway, all right. Well, that's that's it for today. We'll be back. Uh, we have the AAP members monthly call for January next week, so I'm not sure if we'll be back, but we'll let members know one way or the other. Bob, have a great week. Thanks, you too, Chris. Good to be with all of you.